Jesse, what do you think is the greatest Halloween movie of all time? Ugh, that one is a rough go for me because I feel like there's actually not that many. I mean, just say the nightmare before Christmas. I mean, come on. (laughs) I was going to say the nightmare before Christmas. I feel like it's a tie between three nightmare before Christmas, Hocus Pocus. And then that like Disney skeleton dance one. (laughs) I mean, that's not a movie, but I know, but it's like a short, like you can watch on YouTube. What's it called? Like skeleton dance or something. Um, and they like dance around. I like think that, that is yeah. like brilliant piece. There of really art. is only two Halloween yeah. movies. I mean, there's not. There's going to be people that's okay, like, what I about this? Add, what I about would that? add Nightmare Before Christmas, Hocus Pocus, and I would add Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I mean, Sleepy Hollow is a little sleepy for me. Yeah, I said that. The there. name of the movie is <laughs> Sleepy Hollow. It's kind of like, I don't know. I think we don't, we as individuals don't know that there's a lot, a lot of Halloween movies because we don't like gore. I actually think there's a ton. Well, if you went like, Saw, if you went like all scary movies, it, right? There's millions. Yeah, right, right. But like, I don't, I guess that's not Halloween themed, I guess. Right. That's not Halloween themed, but I just don't like those movies. What's your hot take of Hocus Pocus 2? I thought it was okay. Yeah? I thought it, yeah, I thought it was good. I like them together. You know, what really bothered me is afterwards when I stocked all the characters to know how much they made <laughs> that Bette Midler made $2 million and the other sisters made under a million. For those roles. Yeah, I was that a little is bit like, crazy. I get it. She carries the the movie. Like it would not Does be she? the same without her. Yes. She's got to do it. I, I swear. I probably, I don't know if I could predict what happened that she was the holdout. Here's my for take. So many years. Here's my take on Hocus Pocus 2. Hocus Pocus 1 is not a good movie. <laughs> it's not like it's, it's like nostalgic, the critically acclaimed. It's right. It's nostalgic. It's nostalgic. So to make a two, you're assuming that automatically the nostalgia will carry over. I don't think it works like that. I agree. And they try to do the things that that it's like, okay, that was cheesy in that one, but like acceptable. Like we accepted it. But it's it's not even like we accepted it. It it is just outright cheesy. And the acting is bizarre and lame. And it's not really good, but it's fallen into this really bizarre category of classic. Right. It has. So you can't Movies just, like Newsies and stuff like that. Newsies? That's like a classic. Like, I don't really actually never. I don't have think I've ever, ever seen, seen No, Newsies? no, I never have. Newsies. Well, I didn't grow up with a TV as a kid. Oh, no. This has gone off. This has gone off. I didn't, though. <laughs> Newsies is the last movie I thought you would bring up. <laughs> the, no one even it. knows what that is. There's no way. People don't know who what Newsies is. <laughs> of course people know what Newsies is. Newsies is the movie where it's like, I didn't grow up with the TV, so I didn't see it. And then my friends that were old, when we were older, like in college, were like, Newsies, it's nostalgic. You got to see it. And I just kind of was like, eh. Isn't Christian Bale in Newsies? Yes. Everyone knows what Newsies is, Doug. I don't think so. Yes. At me. Do you I, know what I Newsies is? I swear this podcast is about infertility, not just the <laughs> Newsies, but it just um, felt like we had needed to figure out. They need to know what the best Halloween movie is. When people want to know what the best Halloween movie is, they choose this podcast. Yes, they choose In an Infertility <laughs> Feelings podcast. Jesse, what are we actually talking about? We today? are talking about infertility and waiting or the wait. That or... is the scariest Halloween movie you could ever think right. of. Right. <laughs> infertility and waiting. It's a nightmare. So it's perfect for this Halloween time. Welcome back to the Infertility Feelings Podcast, your place to process, cry, and laugh about infertility. We are so happy to have you here, and we hope you enjoy today's conversation.
So today we're talking about infertility and waiting. And you know what's shocking is we thought that we had recorded this podcast before. You you went, we haven't done a podcast on infertility and waiting. Right. And I went, no. And I went back into the archives, the deep, deep archives. It feels like we should have already talked about infertility yes. and waiting because it's such a huge part yeah. of infertility. I think it's because we talked about, should we do one just on the two week wait? Should we do one on this? Whatever. Right. Right. And I feel like now it's like, especially doing our groups and hearing so many different types of waiting when it comes to infertility, it's like, okay, we need, that is a big thing that we talk about and a big thing that we experience with people. We're literally sitting with them as they're waiting. Right. Why? Okay. So let me just uh, pull back, zoom out. Some would say why? So waiting for any, you wait for tons of stuff. You wait for your toast to toast your coffee to brew. Wow. I thought we were going to be talking about infertility. So that that threw me. You wait for, I mean, you wait for everything, traffic, your plane. Right. Waiting, waiting is like always, you know, it's just a general topic. Yeah. But why, why would we talk about waiting when it comes to infertility? What's unique about the waiting when it comes to infertility? I should have known I wasn't going to be good at this. I hate traffic. I don't like waiting. I should have, I should have known. But why, is, why specifically in infertility is the waiting so painful? It's difficult because there's so many types of waiting in infertility. Mm. There is the classic two week wait where you are waiting to see if you are pregnant after right. hopefully you were ovulating or did your transfer or whatever. There's waiting to see the doctor. There's yeah. waiting to your fertility clinic's next appointment is not for two months. There's waiting yeah. to get surgeries. There's waiting to get matched through foster care or adoption. Like there's right. just so many. There's waiting to miscarry, which is like yeah. all of it is horrible and hard and really hard. But that one particularly like yeah. Yeah. waiting to miscarry and you have no control. Right. And you're just sad and you want it to ha- like, I feel like we've sat with some people where it's like, I don't want it to end because that keeps me closer to the baby or yeah. embryo or whatever. And it's like, but I want it to end so I can move on to something else. It's just so that's that one particularly is just excruciatingly painful. Yeah. I feel like um, every time we went to the doctor, they always had something that we, they wanted us to do. And it was always, it felt like always three months out. You yeah, know what I mean, right. it was like, oh, let's work on that. Uh, let's reschedule you for three months. Right. Why is every appointment feel like it's three months yeah. out? Honestly, know? it could, it felt like three years. Like I know. that's how it felt. Like it might as well be in three years from now. If you're going to yeah. tell me three months, like yeah. it might as well be three years. Right. And, and there's only, you know, you, like the months become so they go by so quickly and the years go by so quickly. You think like, well, there's only a certain amount of times I can try this every right. year. And now you're telling me that you've pushed out a surgery and you want to schedule something for three months from now. It's like, right. that is an eternity. What am I going to do for three months? Right. And sometimes it takes a long time to even get there. It takes yeah. a long time to even call the doctor right. or to get the appointment. And now you're being told that it's going to be longer. It's just so, it's so hard. I, I, I would say it's, it's waiting is a ton of this journey. Mm-hmm. Ton. I would say it takes up a lot. That's a good question. Do you think waiting is the majority of what it is? Yes. Maybe that's why it's so uniquely painful during infertility. Infertility sucks. Right. And it's so painful. Right. And wanting to grow your family and struggling to grow your family hurts so bad. Right. And the majority of the actual thing that you're doing is actually waiting. Yes. You're waiting for an appointment or to find out results or. And the waiting is what messes you up emotionally. How so? Because it, the waiting is anxiety provoking. The waiting, mm. when you don't get what you want at the end of it, 
is can be depressing. Mm. The waiting can mess you up when it comes to hope. Just that's it. <laughs> like yeah. it can just mess you up because the whole time you're running a hamster wheel, I, sh- I should be excited. Maybe it will happen. Ooh, my boob had a little bit of hurt when I hug somebody. Oh, but I shouldn't do that because I shouldn't get my hopes up mm. and whatever. And you do this hamster wheel dance of like beating yourself up almost for hoping. Yeah. Does it almost exhaust you? Yes. It totally exhausting. I think the waiting is where a lot of the emotional turmoil comes. Yeah. And a lot of anxiety, a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Comes somebody in, in one of our process groups said that the image of a person crawling in the desert and then yeah. they see a mirage. But if the mirage keeps moving, eventually the person's going to just stop crawling and die. Right. 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 Obviously it's like very dark, but the idea, I think it's true though. The idea yeah. is that like for a lot of us, we're like, okay, it's right there. It's right there. Right. We just got to keep going. It's right there. But right. if the there keeps moving or yes. vanishing, yes, that prolonged waiting that disappointment, the rising and falling of hope just yeah. is exhausts us to a point of feeling like we can't go on. Right. When I asked our Instagram community, what is it like to wait when you're struggling with infertility? A lot, a lot of the answers was, I feel like life is passing me by. Mm. I feel like I'm stuck at the starting line and everyone is running yeah. and the person hasn't whistled me to go or I fall in the race and everyone else keeps going or. I would say that's probably one of the hardest parts about waiting yeah. is if we're waiting to do something, it's not like the world's stopped or waiting right. with us. Right. It's not and like other people our, are getting what they want. Right. It's not like our communities or our friend groups are, are looking at us going, Hey, they had to stop. Let's all pump the brakes. Right. Everyone keeps moving forward right. at work in your friend group, in your family. And whatever the answer is at the end of the waiting could drastically change your life. Yeah. It could make it so you are pregnant or whatever, or get the match or whatever. And your life is a completely different path or Mm -hmm. it doesn't. And then it's a completely different path. And I think that is so hard to sit in that Mm -hmm. and just sit in the wonder. Like Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of things in life that could have such a change of trajectory. Trajectory, trajectory, traject. Traje- what is that word? Trajectory. Trajectory. Project- I can't I like do that word. Trajectory. Well. Does that make sense though? Like totally. There's not a lot. Like I don't know. Do you know what it makes me think? Um, it makes me think of an astronaut who is going to go up. Have you ever, if you've ever like seen one of those like space launches. You mean Apollo 13, the only space movie I've ever watched? Oh my yes. gosh, we've talked about Apollo 13. I flip and love that movie. <laughs> um. Are we just should, is this going to slowly turn into a movie review podcast? (laughs) The analogy Um, movie review. And we talk about feelings. um, You know how they will pull the plug on a space launch seconds, moments, hours before they actually go and do the thing. It makes me think of an astronaut who's like, I'm going to go to the moon or I'm going into space. And then you get to it and they're like, well, you know, the wind is off today. We're going to pull the plug. You're like, oh my gosh, if this would have gone a different way, I would have gone to space. Right. You know, I would have walked amongst the stars. Right. I agree. But I'm not because, oh, the wind was off. And it it feels like there's a, (laughs) there's a parallel there to infertility where you're going through this treatment. (laughs) It's a stretch, but But you're going through a treatment. You're like, we're going to become a family. This is it. And you know, like for me, from my perspective, I was very much so uh, like the transition for us as a family. And as a couple meant a lot to me, it was like, this is the next phase right. in life. I'm going to be a dad and you're going to be a mom. And you know, we're going to 
do the the baby room. It just felt like we're going to move on, you know? It even felt like, okay, we're leaving our this part of our relationship, this newlywed part of our relationship, or this younger version of, I don't know. It felt like a big deal to move on. Yes. And I was ready for that. And then you go through this treatment plan and you're like, okay, this it's going to happen. And then it doesn't. It's right. like, oh, I'm I'm no longer going to space. I'm no longer going to that next part of my life. Right. I'm back to square one. Right. Would you say the waiting got easier or harder the more and more we were in this world? I would say it started very difficult. Then it got a little bit easier. And then it got way, way, way harder. Yeah. Way harder. Yeah. And then it got ultimately so easy that I was like, oh, forget it. I don't care about anything anymore. Well, what do you think that is? <laughs> the difference is that. That's exactly my Just point. Just the human soul being beaten to <laughs> submission by the... That's what I thought. Never ending trauma of infertility. I know. As you were talking, I was sitting there. I was like, yes, our IVF transfer two week wait was probably the most anxious I've ever been in my entire life. It consumed me. Consumed me. Yeah. I don't even know what I did during that time. Consume me. We went to Disneyland on the day our doctor was supposed to call us. Didn't like what? I mean, it was fine. It would have been a, it would have been a fairy tale though. It would have been a fairy tale if it all worked out. But, but it but, didn't. But it didn't. <laughs> Surprise. But I'm like, I've never been, I've never been more anxious. Yeah, of course. In, yeah, my, in my life. I've never, I've never been so stuck in my brain. It was like every single like space that I wasn't talking or thinking, or maybe you were like, maybe I was even talking. I wasn't not thinking about it. Like it consumed every single open space in my brain. Like if my body was just thinking about me breathing, everything else was. Did it work? Everything. I think one of the hardest parts about waiting and infertility is the waiting is either extremely long or extremely painful. It's never... Yeah, it's sometimes both. It's never... It's sometimes both. Yeah. But it, it doesn't feel like it's ever adequate. <laughs> right. If that makes sense. Right. It doesn't ever feel like you get some news from the doctor, you walk away, or you just, you know, and you're in the middle of trying and, and you're like, this is appropriate. You know, this feels appropriate. It's a little scary. It's a little long, but, right. you know, okay. We can do we this. We can do this. Yes. Thank you. It never feels like you go, we can do this. Right, right. <laughs> or right. for me, maybe my I own I feel like people are like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It just felt impossible. It felt, you know, try for a year. I was like, what? Right. Okay, look, we can try to get pregnant, you know, without you know, any tests or anything like right. that. How long should we try? A year. Whoa. Right. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not a, re that's not a reasonable amount of time. Right. Like I will be another year older when I come back to you. That's right. crazy. Right. right. So it was like, might as well be five years. It was just like, that's insane. Like that's right. so long. How do I ever process that? Right. And then some of the waiting was so excruciating. It was like, okay, so we're going to take the uh, eggs out of you, Jesse. And then right. we'll take some of the sperm from you, Doug. And then we'll, we'll mix them together and then they'll fertilize. Yeah. Let's see how many we get. You're right. Like, that I can't do that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like we, yep. that's impossible. That, Even the five days to see for transferring those embryos. It's like, how do you, how do you actually wait 
How do you right. wait for that? Right. How do you not just sit in the lobby of the hospital and just wait levitating there. in anxiety, <laughs> waiting for what that news is? Isn't it funny be? though? We do. We did. We did I don't make believe it, it through. I was blacked out for all of it. Just gone. But I think that's that's interesting is sometimes I feel like I've said in my own journey, it's like I could never wait for that or I could never do that. And it's interesting. You do make it through. You do make it through the wait, even though it's so excruciating. It's so mind filling. That's what I would say. The wait is mind filling. Yeah. Okay. Let me go back to what I was saying. If they were to do that same thing, right? We're going to take your Jesse's eggs, your sperm dog. We're going to see, we're going to, we're going to, you know, fertilize them. We're going to see how many embryos we get. Head on down to the lobby. We'll be down in 15 minutes. I'd be like, okay, that's crazy, crazy high stakes. What's going to happen? We can, I can sit there for 15 minutes. That's not the way it is. No. It's no. like, okay, head on home. We'll call you. Like, yes. Are oh you my serious? Gosh. Right. Am I supposed to go to work now? Right. I'm supposed to drive home. To feel like. Remember we went to. to, De- underst- remember to- we went to Denny's. We go to this Denny's by the hospital and we sat there. What do we, what do you do? Right. We just sat there and just drank coffee and stared at each other. Right. Cause it's impossible. Yes. That's what I'm saying is. I think the, that's what's so difficult about the waiting is it just feels so insanely painful. Right. And it's impossible to plan. Yeah. Plan would help me feel less anxious yeah. if I knew the plan. Yeah. And not only do you not know the plan, the two paths, two paths that could be the outcome are completely different. Right. One is go on pregnant or be matched with an adoption or whatever. And then that life. And then one is now I have to do this again. Mm-hmm. Now I have to do an IUI again. Now I have to do IVF again. And, or I'm going on to be childless or whatever, yeah. or go to donor or whatever. Yeah. And it's so different. And I think as you were just saying, like, I would have loved to sit at that Denny's and mm-hmm. plan out which direction it was going to go. Right. Cause it, that would make me calmer. So but what, that's, what's so freaking difficult. And, and the paths are so different. There's such different paths. So what's the emotion there? What's going on emotionally that makes that so difficult? Fear. My fear, 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 well, anxiety is the feeling Mm -hmm. that I felt, but I think behind the anxiety Mm. was fear at the core of it. At the core of it was like fear. Oh shit. Is, am I, is this going to work? And we're going to get our dreams come true and be that story. That's like, yep, we did IVF one time and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that kind of path, or is it going to be a path of massive unknowns? I had no idea where we were going before, after this. And I think that's what's so hard is they're both extreme. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I really want to make that feel like that's clear. Like yeah, if the, we were the to, answers if we, on both paths are so different. Yeah. So the results, the results off the, after that excruciating weight are yeah. completely different results. Yeah. For us, we had one embryo. So if we were to get pregnant, it would have been uh, baby showers, baby yep. rooms, yep. cribs. Yep. If, if it didn't work, it was straight up square one. Yes. So those are just such different realities. Yeah. And you're saying the fear that is true. I would say fear is like, it's fear for me. It was fear of what will my life be? Yeah. I have no, I, it feels like it's all hanging in the balance. Right. And what, if I, what will our life be? Right. Our relationship, our and, family. You know? Right. Right. And I think what keeps you in your head in those weights is that is how is this going to turn out? How is this going to end? Mm-hmm. Is, should I be hopeful? Should I not be hopeful? And then we like, I was, for me, I just beat myself up. I was like, and then at the end, if it didn't turn out, like it did for us, I like beat myself up for hoping. 
Yeah. But it was like a hamster wheel in my head in those two week waits of like, be hopeful, but not that hopeful, but be hopeful and not that hopeful. And I would just beat myself up for whatever emotion I felt. If I was feeling hopeful, I would beat myself up for like, like being hopeful too much. Right. If you're happy, you yeah. feel guilty for being yes, happy. Yes, yes. It's <laughs> such a mind. Bleh, it just is. And then if I was hopeless, I would be like, well, you wouldn't be doing this if you didn't have some hope for it working. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think we're so, especially as women and men too, we beat ourselves up for feeling things. We beat mm. ourselves up for like, oh, I wish I wasn't that hopeful. I'm so dumb for wanting this to work out. And we just beat ourselves up. Is there any hope? <laughs> in the waiting, is there any hope? Obviously, we're not, you know, the end yeah. all be all. We don't have all the answers. But from our experience, from all of the, the therapists that we've interviewed, yeah. what sh moves should we be making yeah, in the waiting? Is it Are we just done? Like, should we just end it now? There's just no hope? Or, yeah. or, or is there something we can do in all of this waiting? Yeah. To make it better. All right. Probably dead inside is probably not the answer. Yeah, that's probably, you know, usually if, if you're feeling like I need to go dead inside, right. it's not a great, not a great I don't answer. think Annie would approve. No. Dr. Annie would approve. Be no. like, oh, dead inside. Perfect. <laughs> no, I think, and I'm almost talking like how I wish I would have done it differently. Yeah. Like being through it. And, and I think towards the end, we were a little bit better of, at this, mm -hmm. but, and I know this may sound so ununiquely knitted. Like, I feel like we are always like, yeah. process how you feel and grieve and, you know, get your emotions validated. And those things and are important. Your, and they are important. But you always say, I feel like you say, especially in waiting periods and extreme waiting periods, yeah. that you should be more where your feet are. Right. And be almost, almost put that on the shelf, if you will. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let, let's process after you get the results. Let's process after you get the answer. It's like in this moment, you need to almost be taking care of your body, I would yeah, say. Yeah. And just your spirit. Like yep. this is maybe not the time to grieve. Because also I, I felt like I wanted to pre-grieve. Mm. I'm just gonna start pre-grieving. Like I'm gonna start pre-grieving because <laughs> I have a feeling this is not gonna go the way I want. So I'm gonna pre-game the grieve. It's like pre-game the grief. Pre-game the grief. And it's like <laughs> that didn't work because yeah. that didn't work. If so, I could if I could go back in time and tell myself something, I think I would say I would try to convince myself that tuning out of the situation and investing in something else to keep me busy or even an, an activity that I enjoyed didn't, would not mean that I cared less. I was going to say the same thing. Cause I kind of think I, what if I were, if I were to go back into that mindset, yeah. I thought I have to stay tuned in yeah. because it's so important. If I'm not levitating in anxiety in the waiting room, for two weeks waiting to find out the results, then I don't care enough and I'm not in it enough. Oh, I wish I could go back and just say, no, go yes. surfing, go reorganize your clothes, go for a walk, watch a bunch of games, like really get into whatever football games are on for the next two weeks and like make nachos and tune out. It's not going to, nothing is going to change those results. You just got a flash into Doug Brown's life. <laughs> That's what he would do. Surf nachos game and reorganize his clothes. Uh, Watch something creative, uh, yes. paint something, do some art and go surfing and make nachos. I think you are absolutely right. I think for me, if I, 
in that moment, if I wasn't anxious or it consuming my brain, it felt like I didn't care. Yeah. Or I just was like, who cares if this doesn't work out? Like, that's just not true. Right. That's just not true. You worked so hard to get to this point and yeah. worked so hard. It's like, obviously you wouldn't be doing it if you didn't have any hope or any care of it not working. Yeah. And you get to this point and it's like, that's almost the time to be free. And that's almost, that's almost the time to be like, okay, I did this. I really want it to happen. I'm going to shelf it a little bit yeah. and take care of my human, which is me. That yes. sounded like a dog. But take care of my human. That's I like, like that. that sounds bizarre almost. I know, but I feel like people are going to like that. Take care of my human, me. Maybe my body. I like human. Do you have a body or do you have a human? Oh, dear Lord. Oh, that's a great question. Let's think about the philosophical implications of identity or not. Please, dear God, no. For me, if I stopped being anxious and stopped feeling those feelings, not only did I didn't care, but it made me less attached. Mm. And I just don't think that's true. Yeah. I don't think that's true. I think my biggest insight after doing this and felt like I kind of did it wrong. And then mm. as I got more and more like, <laughs> yeah. like having to wait, I just went dead inside is I wish my fun would have gone way up. Yes. And I wish you my love fun. fun. You I love, love fun. fun. And not everybody, everyone's fun is different. Like right. everybody's fun is different. Like my fun could be going on CDs and someone else's <laughs> fun could be reorganizing their bookshelf or putting their movies in alphabetical order. I don't like, think anyone's fun is not CDs. <laughs> There's no way you can be like, I'm ah, CDs. Not What's my that thing. one joke where it's like, have you, he's, it's Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan says, uh, money, can't, uh, money buy, can't buy happiness, but if you have enough money, you can buy a CD. And have you ever seen anyone sad on a CD? <laughs> I love that joke. <laughs> Speaks so to my soul. Um, okay. Sidu is a bad example. Whatever your fun is, like the fun should go way up. And we are, and I feel like Dr. Annie would give you permission to shelf it, to shelf it and kind of just put it on the shelf and, and take care of your human and have fun, have yeah. fun, try to distract yourself. Whoa. I feel like that is something we do not say, but it's yeah. true in these moments. It's true. It's so excruciating, especially in like two week waits or, you know, whatever. It's yeah. like, maybe it looks a little bit different when, if you're waiting to miscarry cause you're grieving and, and that, but even still like try to take care of yourself and have the fun go way up. This is my thought process. I'll try to be as clear as possible. I believe that um, that our emotions play a huge part in the way that we experience life. It's You can't just say like, oh, I don't have emotions. I don't care about emotions, whatever. I don't have needs, right? It's just impossible. If you go through life feeling like crap every day, no one would want to do that, right? That There's yeah. a better way to try to approach life. So our the way we feel about things is very important. Throughout life, we have we go through things that just destroy our emotions. They, they are painful and they're overwhelming and they overwhelm us. I think there's two skills that we should try to develop as adults to help with that. One of them is creating pathways where we are able to grieve, be seen and process. We have to have those things. They're not everywhere as adults. They're not maybe at work. Maybe it's, maybe it's a kind of wild card if it's your family or not. Right. But I think it's on us as adults to create those pathways where we know that we have safe people that we can process with. But then I think we also, and I have been less good at this in my life, we also have to create the ability to shelf yeah. the pain of these emotions so that we can go and enjoy some parts of life or get things done, right? For yeah. me, it's always been like, well, I'll be fine as long as I 
I can just process everything in real time and nothing that bad ever really happens to me. Right. But then infertility happened and it was like, I don't even know. How do I go to work? How do I go and do these things I enjoy? How do I right. have fun with friends? Because this is going on. I think both skills are needed. For me, right. it was like, okay, I need to find pathways where I can in a healthy way process. But then I also have to have the skill of shelving this information so that I can go to work. Shelving this information so that I can go surfing, so that I can go hang out with my friends, so that we can laugh and go to that concert because I know it will be good for my soul. It will be yeah. good for me to go to that concert and enjoy myself. But I know in the back of my head, okay, next Tuesday, I'm going to process this. I'm going to take it back off the shelf. Those right. two skills I feel like are very helpful in processing overwhelming emotion. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. And I feel like until we started doing this work, I never thought a therapist would say that. Right. I ne I always thought you should be processing. I always thought you should be doing. And I'm I'm not saying that you won't have moments in the two week wait that you probably are thinking and 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 emotional. I'm I'm not saying that. I'm just saying yeah. it's okay to shelf it and go to that barbecue and go to that whatever and go do this and go do that. Like it's okay. Yeah, I think to do those things. That's what I would amend. What I just just said. <laughs> oh, you needed me literally immediately to amend what I just said. <laughs> is that it's not that you should. It's that you can. Yes. Is that you can. Yeah, I think that's if, better. Language. If you're like, oh my gosh, I really want to go to this Blink One Eighty Two concert, right. which I believe they are touring again. Doug, <laughs> the devil I side. I knew you were going to drag me to this. I knew it. I knew it. If you want to go to that, I Blink met Travis in In and Out. That's you should tell that story right now. It's that's the most important thing. I did. I met about. Travis in an In and Out. Saw. Travis Barker and was like, oh my gosh, that's the guy from Blink-182. This is so awesome. I was with my girlfriend. She was like, go ahead and say hi to him. He was like by himself. With like Which one is crazy. Other bro. Yeah, because it was the 90s. And yes, it was you the could, 90s. You could it was do that. Not, or maybe early 2000s. It was not Kardashian days that now he's married to a Kardashian. Like it was not <laughs> those days. But he was with like one other guy and I just walked up to him and I said, <laughs> I said, hey, I'm a huge fan, Tom. Yeah, you're like, are, you're Tom from Blink-182. You're Tom from Blink-182. <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, Tom's way more feminine than I am. <laughs> and he signed my CD and let me go. And I feel like I walked away and I was like, oh no. But when he said he's more feminine, I had no idea. Didn't know that his name was Travis. Like I did, <laughs> but I was like, blank. I had to go into my car when there were still CDs in your car and go look at the Blink-182 album and see that it was Travis. And I cursed myself for probably a month. Which is like, well, you should have gone back in. He just sat down and ate. I know. But what was I going to do? <laughs> Sorry, bro. He's probably like, get this girl out of here. What's like, crazy what is, is Travis is the most famous he's one. The, or he's just the most unique one of them all. He's covered in tattoos. Are you trying to make me curse on myself again? <laughs> Are you trying to bring up this scar of my So life? say you want to go to the Blink-182 concert. And you think to yourself, I can't because yeah. I'm just like my life. I'm in the middle of this infertility thing. Right. I'm not saying that you should. I'm saying you can give yourself the freedom to be like, I'm going to, for that night, I'm going to try. I'm going to, I just want to shelf it. Yeah. I just want to go to this thing, yeah. have fun or go on this trip, go on this vacation, right. go with my friends and just right. do this and I'll pick it back up when I get back. I did not feel the freedom to do that. Yes, I did I not. I think we need the freedom to do that. Life pause. Life, it was like life yeah, pause. Life it was pause. like, no friends, no fun, no nothing, just pause. Yeah, just our get life was it. on pause. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like you can, you can still maintain relationships. I think Dr. Annie would say your relationships and your connections should go up in that time, which yeah, we, yeah. we've seen that 
And with us, it was like, it went the opposite. It was like, oh, I'll go and connect with people at the end of this when I know the path. I think another thing that I would say is I wish I wouldn't have tried to make assumptions and try to figure out what our next step was until we had the answer. Mm. Like, it's okay. Like, but maybe it's like, do that before. Like you're going into IVF. Like, you yeah. know, it possibly couldn't work out. Yeah. Like maybe that's the time. Cause I, I, I definitely feel like we, we, we did process that. And that was important to be like, Hey, are we on the same page? If this doesn't work out or yeah, yeah. whatever. Like, I think that's important, but I'm not sure if in the two week wait, that's when you should do that's it. when yeah. you should like, just make assumptions of how it's going to work out, make plans of how it's going to work out and right. pre grieve. I pre grieved. I'm like to help my heart, not hurt. If this doesn't work out, I will grieve it now. Right. And in the two week wait, it's just so hard to do anything that it's like, maybe that's not the place. Like maybe before, or even some people just say after, like when they figure out their answer, like that's when they'll do it. And I'm not saying, cause I'm someone that would actually want to know what you thought. Like, if this doesn't work out, what are we going to do? But maybe do that before. Like, you know, before that it's possibility that this wouldn't work out or whatever, like try to more stay and wait for the information to come to you Yeah, and then process all that. Yeah. Because I think we processed things that didn't even come true. We processed, yeah. if, are we going to put in two for the longest time? Right. And then at the end of it, we only had one. <laughs> right, right. And we yeah. used so much oxygen and so much processing, processing power, power yeah. and, and energy when we could have been going to the Blink-182 concert and calling Travis Tom, <laughs> you know, then, right. then just right. like right. going with what is going to happen. Like, yeah. And I know that sometimes in infertility, it's like things happen so fast, like that you need to communicate about some stuff. I get that. But I wish I, I wish I wouldn't have processed so much in the waiting. Yeah. I wish I would have either done that before or just waited until the information came to me. Yeah. So give yourself freedom in the wait. Yeah. You can, you can. shelf it. Yes. You don't have to grieve every possible outcome you can actually wait for the outcome that you have and don't shame your mind Mm. like this is a really hard thing to do yeah some people say this is the hardest thing they've ever experienced a lot of people a lot of people people say this is the hardest thing so don't like judge yourself don't judge yourself on what what your thoughts are if you're hoping that means if you're hoping that means that it's gonna work out and if you're not hoping that means you don't care like just just yeah. Just have a pina colada and just go with it. Like I, that's what I would say of mm-hmm. like, I think we're so, especially for me in that time, I was so harsh on myself Yeah. for whatever I felt I was harsh. Yeah. And I just feel like this is really hard mm-hmm. and just keep moving, put your pants on in the morning, <laughs> have a cup of coffee and just go through your day and try to integrate some fun. Yeah. But don't judge yourself on how you're doing it if you're doing it right or doing it wrong. I think the last thing that I would say is everything that you just said is perfect. Oh my. Yes. Everything you just said is great and perfect. Wow. (laughs) Can I get that on the loop? Can that be my alarm in the morning? (laughs) Jesse, everything you say is perfect. I would, the one thing I would add is it's hard to do by yourself. It's just hard to do by yourself. We love doing this podcast. I hope that we're a positive voice in your life. But this is a podcast. I think if you're struggling with getting goodness in and you're judging yourself and you're feeling guilty and feeling just like shameful about this whole thing, about how how you're talking to yourself and how you're feeling, 
get some other people in, get yeah. some other voices in because yeah. that helps a lot. Right. Having someone look you in the face and be like, I, I'm so sorry this happened for you. Yeah. You should not feel guilty. You've done nothing wrong. Right. You, you are amazing and you're brave and you're pushing through. Don't be, don't feel shame for what right. you've done. Like you're, you're kicking ass. Right. Right. To hear that from someone means a lot. It yeah. really means a lot. It could probably carry you through the weight for a long time. Yes. I'm not even going to mention that we have groups where that happens, even though I just did because starting January, I don't want to make it sound like that's where we're pushing you. Like, <laughs> I, I, I seriously think it's, it is, it's, but a, it's fine. It's about the people though. Right. Yeah. However you find it. However you find it. Like, don't lose that that truth in thinking, oh, well, they run process groups. It's true. You just need it. Like, whether it's, yeah. if you have, a, like, a great relationship with one of your parents or your brother who lives across the country who's always just hyped you up and made yeah. you feel good, call, call him. him. Like, call him. Call yeah. him and tell him what's going on. And right. just get into it with people. And it's scary. It takes vulnerability and all right. that. But just listen to the millions of times we've told you how good that is. Right. And then also at the same time, shelf it. Do you want, should I just repeat everything that you just said because it was so good? Yes, I want to see. I'll how, repeat how the well entire podcast. It. How about this? And then we'll see if I how close I get. Again. I want to see how well you memorize what I say. That you're actually listening to me because I feel like not on the podcast you it's it's fifty fifty if you're actually hearing me or not. <laughs> but on this podcast, you seem to hear everything I say. <laughs> we should just have our arguments on this podcast. <laughs> just do it. I really want to end this podcast by playing that song. That's like the waiting is the hardest part, but I don't think you're allowed to play songs on podcasts unless you like have the rights for so, it. So well, I was thinking you could sing it as we close. What? I don't yeah. know this song. You know, like the waiting is the hardest part. You know that song? There it is. You already did it. I cannot <laughs> sing on command. Come on. No. You can't sing that song on command? I don't know this song. The waiting is the, I can't, this is so bad, I can't sing. The waiting is no, the hardest part. No, we should have them pause. Part. We should have them pause and go listen to that song and act like it's a seamless transition. That's what we should do. Thank you for listening to the Infertility Feelings Podcast, a show produced by the nonprofit Uniquely Knitted. This is your place to process, cry, and laugh about infertility. We are so grateful to all of our wonderful donors who support this work. If you would like to learn more about how we serve the community and support the work of Uniquely Knitted, we encourage you to check us out at uniquelyknitted.org. If you need to talk to someone about your feelings, please reach out to us. We are here to help you. If you would like to learn more about our unique process groups, please follow the link in our show notes. See you guys next week.